And then number five, which was the biggest thing that was on my mind, was where was where's Kong's dick, dude? Like, where is it? <laughs> like, I legit want to know. Like, I'm not an ape Look, anatomy you, expert. You but can't like, get PG. You can't get PG thirteen if you show Kong Dong for more than. I know you. I know, <laughs> I know you can't. But his dick was like Carmen San Diego, man. He didn't know where in the world it is. Like, the, like where is it? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 442 with a review of Kong Skull Island. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, Stephen Miller's back with us. Hey, yo. Hey, I, that's all I got. Did that go over way, way worse than you thought it was going to? No, about about what I thought would happen. <laughs> nice, um, but yeah, you you've been away for a little, uh, 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 quite a while. Uh, Carson and I have been holding up the fort without you. Yeah, I was on a map map making expedition. I'm not allowed to tell you very much about that's it. That's right. Were you trying to disguise it as a? No, no, you're disguising it as a map making operation, but you needed a military escort. I don't know. I'm fucking it all up. Just a regular escort. <laughs> but we don't talk about that. Yeah, you were in Japan. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, the, the gang is back together. And why not come together for a, a giant film about giant beasts? Um, and where to find them. Yes. Come and get them. <laughs> <laughs> callback. Um, that was a good callback. <clears throat> I don't know why I just started coughing just so <coughs> gosh I shouldn't have done all that cocaine before <laughs> so so while we're ruining the banter I, w- I want to say a joke I thought of 30 seconds ago <laughs> uh, it's a uh, like style transfer for porn and it's called Jizma <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in case people didn't hear it because you could barely get the word out it was Jizma yeah that, that was Jizma Jizma uh, for I don't know I'm imagining like a game of bingo or something where a person is calling out the answer anyway <laughs> anyways but yes now that we're starting off great uh, we're here to talk about how come Kong. we always can we can let's just we can really nail it when it's not recording and yeah. then once we hit recording it's just like I don't know what it's just blank just blank well, everything well, goes blank well the difference is that like when we're not recording the banter is just for us mm-hmm. like, true much like the reviews that people have left us, you know, those jokes, we think we're funny and we don't care if anybody else does. But once we're on the actual podcast, we have to try. Um, I mean, not that <laughs> you can tell from the effort we're putting into it. No, nope. but um, but yeah, you know, you're like we, we, we suddenly there's pressure. People are going to be listening. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's much more difficult than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Remember when I tried to purposely write banter? Like, God, like that was so stupid. <laughs> Skeet shooter, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but that was like you, you tried to do like a whole narrative thing. And, I know, um, I like I really got into it and I thought it was good and it was stupid as fuck. <laughs> you could also just write banter topics on an index card, right? Mm-hmm. Should, yeah. Yeah, like what yeah. we all do for first dates, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Um... <laughs> How about those local team sports guys? <laughs> so, um, pro butt sex or not? <laughs> That's so on Trump, my card. Trump, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Kong Skull Island, guys. You want you want you want to do this? Yep. Sweet. Well, uh, we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Kong Skull Island, and uh, then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. An uncharted island. Let me list all the ways you're going to die. Rain, heat, disease-carrying flies, and we haven't started on the things that want to eat you alive. We'll double that. Plus a bonus if we make it back. If? In this sturdy old part of the city Where the sun refused to shine Is that a monkey? 
god on the island. We don't belong here. But the devils live below us. I call them skull crawlers. Why? Because it sounds neat. Okay. Look, I just made that name up. I'm trying to scare you. I'm fine calling them that. Are you cool with that? Yeah, that, that seems like a good I like the name. All right, so it's the end of the Vietnam War. People are getting ready to go home from war, but a team of scientists have found an undiscovered island that may or may not contain fantastic beasts, and they want to go find them. So the group makes their way to the island, and of course, crazy shit happens. Giant gorilla dude, weird crazy creatures, all kinds of shenanigans. Kong Skull Island... Stephen Miller starts off. What did you think of this film? So I think you just described every moment of the whole movie completely, like with all spoilers. <laughs> this, I, I, I've been struggling to figure out how to describe spoiler, this movie. The time period is a spoiler. The fact that there's an island is a spoiler. Yeah. The fact that there's a monkey is a spoiler. I, I mean, this movie is, it is completely what you see is what you get. Like you expected a movie where a bunch of people are going to go to an island they're going to see King Kong and other giant animals, and we're going to watch like a ton of action set pieces. And then it'll end in a way that presumably sets up future King Kong movies, but doesn't do anything conclusive. And that's exactly what this movie is. It's a, it's a collection of, I thought, very entertaining spectacles that are like just barely held together into movie form. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought this... So we watched this movie in IMAX 3D uh, yeah. with a few of us together after a couple couple drinks. And I think <laughs> that is the prime way to watch this movie because this movie is a big, dumb spectacle with a a very fun all-star cast of people and, like, pretty cool giant action sequences that blur together after, like... <laughs> after the fifth time you've seen, like, whoa, you mean this creature is ten times bigger than usual? <laughs> Crazy. Ten is such a low ball estimate. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I going with that? But anyway, basically, this is, like, a... This is a hodgepodge of blockbuster things that come together in, I thought, a surprisingly entertaining way, even though I don't think it really adds up to that much. Yeah. Um this is a movie that I did not think about while I watched it. I certainly didn't think about it after I watched it. And I'm straining to remember now when I'm talking about it. But it, it was a lot of fun. Like, I was, I was never bored. I was never getting tired of it. it. It knew exactly what cliches it was hitting. And every character was just chewing scenery in exactly the way they were meant to. Like, I, I like Brie Larson's uh, photographer character. She had a nice kind of, like, an edginess. She was pro-peace, pro but, like, it didn't. It only showed up in like three <laughs> lines of dialogue out of nowhere. <laughs> the, the the worst offender from Brie Larson was something like, you're looking at animal skulls, like animal skeletons in an area. And she's like, I photographed enough mass graves to know one when I see one. <laughs> like, okay, thanks for reminding us we're set in Vietnam. We, we all had forgotten. Um, but like everyone is chewing scenery. Samuel L. Jackson is just being Samuel L. Jackson, nothing else. Uh, I was telling Chris, John Goodman, is ba- John Goodman is basically typecast now as the conspiracy theorist who kidnaps a character from Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> 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 That's just kind of what he can do for all time now. I, I love John C. Riley and Mark Evan Jackson. Like, there's just lots of really fun... Also, for the record, Brie Larson totally went willingly. That, that's true. That's true. Though she didn't know what she was saying. Yeah, I was going to say, like, true. when was Dr. Dre in Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> <laughs> that's who that guy was. <clears throat> anyway, th- this Wait, was... Are a, you saying you forgot about him? I, I did forget about Dre. I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out of Compton, am I right? I Nowadays, everybody want to talk. Um, but anyway, th- this was a movie that just had plenty of goofy characters and even, like... 
right after a kind of harrowing scene where many people die, there would always be a comedic note. Like th- this movie knew it was just a a silly, ridiculous action film. And I thought for the most part it succeeded really well. Not memorably well, but it was fun. Like this is exactly what I wanted out of Kong Skull Island. Nothing less and definitely nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, considering this film is basically 99% CG, I can only imagine that it's Carson Patrick's favorite film of the year. Mm-hmm. So, Carson Patrick, how much did you love Kong? Uh, sorry, I'm just I'm a little thrown off because it just we just dive we just dove right back in without the the mention of the fact that our banter just basically derailed the whole. The whole Skype calls. I'm, I was all like thrown off, and then I. Carson, don't you know how editing works? Nobody will know the call yeah. drop. Oh, Only you and I know. I didn't know these things exist. Um, <laughs> but I, no, but I have a monsters I have a legitimate... exist, Carson. No shit. <laughs> I have a legitimate question though. Before yeah. I say my piece, um, why did you guys go see this in IMAX 3D? Because like, I, I mean, I could just sit here and make a joke about it, like. But I mean, like, like I legitimately want to know because I feel like that, like, was it worth it? Like, did someone say like the visuals are better in 3D? Because like my the, the, understanding this is, now, this, this is what it came down to, Carson. Uh, we oh, were, okay, the time was right. He's gonna give mm. me the time spiel. No, better, better than that. We okay. were in a bus on a ride back from a company weekend trip. Oh, and, the Catalina wine mixer, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It was it was a trip to Napa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on our way back, I didn't it just he flew over his head again? I said it after the podcast last last week, and he was just like, "I was like, yeah, so uh, you're going to the fucking Catalina wine mixer, huh?" And you're like, "It's in Napa." I was like, "All right, I, I, I give up." Anyway, continue. I, I said, "Yeah, it was in Napa." I was. Never he was yes handing you. Yeah, I was oh, yes handing okay. you. Okay, all right. Yeah, sorry. We, we, that was we're, we're, do you even don't think twice, bro? Yeah, I don't. We we were we were on the same page. Uh, anyways. Okay. So the point was that we were on the bus with like just a 4G connection and mm. the theaters that we like to go to that we can't name because Alamo Draft House drink drink. Um, OK, they uh, were selling out. So I just found another theater that had seats remaining at a time slot that people who are on the bus with us said that they can make it to and just booked them. Wasn't purposely selecting uh, IMAX 3D, but it was assigned seating and available and we got it so it wasn't like we were excited to see this in imax 3d but seeing a giant kong on a giant screen was totally worth it i mean the fact that we had glasses on and it was supposedly in 3d was not important but i do feel like seeing this on the largest screen you can is somewhat worth it no i mean i just wonder because i have seen some people online say that the IMAX 3D was worth it, but, I mean, for me personally, I'm just like, well, it's like converted 3D, and it's like, what's the point? But, you know. Yeah, the, the 3D wasn't great, but the IMAX yeah. was great. Yeah, well, yeah, I was, I was assuming that part was great, but anyway. Um, also, we got to see uh, that extended scene from uh, Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. There's that. That's right. Yeah. How was Harry Styles? Has he got, has he got a lot of screen time in that? <laughs> <laughs> he was styling. <laughs> was he styling in it? Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Carson, now that you're done trying to rip into us for no, seeing like IMAX I le- 3D film. No, but I legitimately wanted to know because I know sometimes you guys go to see the IMAX 3D and I just, I don't know the thought process behind it. That's all. Yeah. Mostly because- in, in this city, seats fill up very quickly um, for anything that is even remotely like people are interested in or sometimes just a limited availability. And we will see what we can see when we're trying to fit in a film at the end of a Sunday night so that we can record Monday night. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Kong. Um, <laughs> Skull Island. <laughs> so, I mean, I, my reaction, I feel like, is, is just going to be uh, not a shocking revelation to anyone on this podcast, or who has listened for a while, I feel like that if you know, if you just know our sensibilities and stuff, you would know that yes, that makes sense. That uh, that you would love that, this movie. That you that that <laughs> that you, Chris would you know would would put 
Hardcore Henry on your top 10, I would put something like Assassin's Creed on my top 10. Steve would put something like 45 years on his top 10. You know what I mean? Like, like th- these should not be shocking revelations anymore. So I feel like it should But I mean, come... this, this film, Kong Skull Island, is sort of the cross-section of Hardcore Henry, 45 years, and then the movie that he's... <laughs> That's true. I mean... Uh, yeah. Tom yeah. Courtney played the monkey really nicely <laughs> in this Courtney. movie. <laughs> His 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 uh, underwear acting was phenomenal. Um, so anyway, I feel like that that you know, it really should come as no surprise that I think this movie is borderline indefensible. Like I <laughs> look, I know a lot of people worked really hard on this movie, um, but I mean, it just it it just sucks. Like I don't know a, a better way to put it. Like I. Sometimes I can I, I I can see it you know like I can I can see why everybody would be down for Civil Bro. It's like okay I get it I get what's there. <laughs> this it goes back to the very first time I watched the trailer for this. My initial reaction was just like well, that looks pretty. <laughs> yeah, my initial reaction was like uh, sign me up. I have a huge boner and yeah no. Uh, it was like it was like well this looks kind of bland but. Knowing that, that means you know everyone on everyone online and stuff is gonna love it, which they did. And now we're here, and it's got like a seventy nine percent certified fresh rating. Hmm. And um, anyway, that's just my long winded answer of saying that I've typed out a few bullet points. This isn't like a formal <laughs> review. This isn't a formal review. Okay, this is just some things so I don't start rambling like a crazy man. Although that'll probably happen. So. Um, First of all, I think that the first <laughs> the first half an hour of this, I can see why people would dig it. Like I'd be like, okay, there's there's the music that's propelling it forward. There's there's forward momentum. Uh, the introduction of the cast has this like heisty mission feel of like assembling the team, you know. And then once they get to the island, I feel like. I feel like it's almost commendable to see how aggressively this movie goes off the rails. Because I feel like it just crash lands with those helicopters. Like, everything about it. It just, like, completely becomes, like, this, like, a downhill spiral. But, but Um, but Carson, it's an unexplored island. There are no rails. That is true. Um, (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. Um, But, uh... Well, the first thing that I that I wrote down is that the there's way too many characters in this movie. There's like eighty characters in this movie, and like there's a, there's a lot. Like that's an exaggeration, but there's a fucking lot. Um, and they kept cutting to characters like the ones played by Corey Hawkins and uh, the woman Jin Tiang, whose name I'm probably really butchering, but uh, mm-hmm. like it's Tianjing. How dare you? <laughs> oh yeah they always you know they always flip it on imdb yeah. and that makes no sense to me anyway but um but they keep cutting to like those characters and then i'd be reminded that they're in this movie i was like oh yeah they're there just standing there um but kudos to her agent because she got a poster billing even though she had like max five lines like that's pretty that's some pretty good negotiating right there mm-hmm. um I wrote the cast is great, but the acting is awful. Like Sam Jackson, <laughs> Sam Jackson is always likable. Like even when he played a horribly unlikable character, like the one he did in Django Unchained. Um, but here he just looks so bored and tired. Um, yeah, because he then, just got done fighting in Vietnam. <laughs> I know, but like he legit, like just like I legit hated his character in this movie, and. Well, in all fairness, I don't think you're supposed to like him. No, but that's what I'm saying when I... That's why I brought up his character in Django Unchained, because you're definitely not supposed to like that character, but he still infuses it with that... He means it's fun to hate some characters, and here he just hated the character. Sam Jackson still infused that... His usual charisma into the character in Django, even though he was, like, the most despicable character... One of the most despicable characters in that movie. Um... But here, I feel like the the charm and the charisma that we're used to seeing from him is just completely gone. Um, and then also, there's no real lead in this movie. I feel like Tom Hiddle, Tom Hiddleston's top build, but he feels like he's barely in this movie. Um, and then the actual star Kong it seems weirdly absent too. 
Um, he's like in, he's in like most of the movie, dude. He does like they they would like he wouldn't he would show up, but then like there's all these other monsters that have to get screen time, and like you know guy number five is in the back that needs screen time and shit, and you know Dr. Dre when they cut to him, you know. Anyway, uh, I feel like that uh, I feel like the script is like in unnecessarily convoluted it's like one of these movies it's just like they're all talking about the plot uh and every character turns into a complete idiot to create conflict uh i feel like without with the exception of john c Riley, who continually warns everyone of the dangers of the island it's like just listen to this guy um also i heard john c Riley was all practical that's true he was <laughs> um no mocap views on him I also I also just wrote yes I know it's a monster movie turn your brain off you dumb fool um, I'm usually the one giving my colleagues a hard time for stuff like this but here it's glaring and painful just like this uh, bullet point list um, <laughs> and now here's okay so more painful is there's three credited writers on this movie one of them is Dan Gilroy uh, who was clearly paid well to be a script doctor although what doctoring was done I have no clue. There are some unintentionally hilarious line exchanges, like the one where John Ortiz says, we put a man on the moon, and John C. Riley replies, really? What is he eating up there? And Ortiz replies back, Tang, spam, long silence, cut to the next scene. Um, I like that moment. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Steven already ruined the hilarity that comes from uh, Academy Award winner Brie Larson, who becomes the unexpected Kongmedy VP. Thank you. Um, Kings of comedy, Kong, yeah, she becomes the comedy MVP late in the game, um, and then I put when she overlooks the lair and and you know she says with absolute sincerity the mass graves line, um, and then she also defiantly stands up to Sam Jackson's hatred towards Kong, saying the world needs to know in which Jackson he shuts her down with the bitch please, um, and then I wrote <laughs> and then I wrote I laughed so hard that it was therapeutic. Um, so now I have five things to close. These are my five things that I took away from this $200 million new iteration of King Kong. And I'm sure they're all going to get eye rolls and, you know, what have you. But these are like legit things that I thought of during this movie because probably because I was so bored. But one, everyone looked like they were slathered in like cocoa powder, like even before they got to the island, like the Tanner, the Tanner that they use, like that they use just look like hot chocolate powder. Like, I don't know, it was the weirdest thing to me. Like, like Brie Larson showed up, she could have introduced herself as the Nesquik bunny and I would have believed it. Like, that's how <laughs> fucking weird this looked, man. Um, and then, oh, and then I put Brie Larson, so this is number two. Brie Larson started this movie as a non-Academy Award winner, won the Oscar midway through filming, and then cut loose by diving headfirst off the DGAF cliff straight into comedy heaven. So that was, I like, that was a plus. Uh, three, I just wrote, Tang and Spam, man, Tang and Spam. Four, uh, Hiddle's randomly samurai choppy mini skull crawlers and a gas mask was pretty dope. The movie needed more inspired lunacy like that. And then number five, which was the biggest thing that was on my mind, was where was, where's Kong's dick, dude? Like, where is it? <laughs> Like, I legit want to know. Like, I'm not an ape well, anatomy you, expert. You can't, like, get PG, you can't get PG-13 if you show Kong Dong for more than I know you, I, I know you can't, but his dick was like Carmen Sandiego, man. He didn't know where in the world it is. Like, the, like where is it? Like, this. see, I feel like... Have you but, not watched any Disney movie ever? I know, animals? but like, you see, now this is all I think of after after seeing This is the End, when Wait, they had the big demon at the <laughs> end. Actual the quote big... from Carson, all he thinks about is where animals' dicks are. <laughs> You're going to live ghost in the trailer. Tomatoes, trailer. <laughs> that's my Rotten Tomatoes blurb. Um, but dude, I feel like, I legit feel like This is the End ruined these big monster movies. Because like, they had the big demon at the end with the demon cock. And like now, that's all I think about. Like even like, <laughs> even when I saw, uh, I can't when, sleep. I can't eat. All I think about is demon cock. <laughs> no, I mean when I see these movies with these big monsters, like when I saw a monster Wait, calls. About the cock? No, when I saw when I saw a monster calls and the Liam Neeson tree monster, he has like he he has this like perfectly sculpted tree ass, but no tree dick. Like there's not a trace of tree dick. 
That movie's like a, PG thirteen. But this is this not going to be like tree dick. sculpted supermodel ass. And I'm just like, where's the dick? Anyway, that's is that's what you think. That's where my mind goes when I just get so bored during these movies. See, you know, that's, that's some insight. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting people know, man. I'm trying to get in, get on the level. To be fair, anyway. Alan Tredick was offered the role, but he turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> nice. But uh, yeah, where is it, dude? Like if if <laughs> like when he was fighting that big skull crawler at the end, and he just like whipped out his dick and just mounted it, then I would be like, now that's an end. That would be a good fight. But I think like his, they were sort of like, though they were reptilian, the back of them was sort of like almost lizard-like. I'm not sure if they quite, I'm just saying, if you're going to get really technical about it, I think it would be hard for Kong to mount the skull crawlers. I'm just saying, <laughs> if he did, if he did though, and, and he killed it. I, I think on film spotting they're talking about this too, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> but can you imagine if like the reaction, I mean, like, like Steven said, there's no way this would happen because it's PG-13. But like, can you imagine if like, he kills the skull crawler by just fucking it, and his dick just shoots out his mouth. Like that would be a kill. And then I, I would stand up. I and can't be like, imagine okay, it, but it. apparently you can. <laughs> but then that would be something that I haven't seen before. You know, like this is where, this is where, this is where we need to invest the money, guys. Seriously. Um, and then it comes to like John C. Riley, and he's like, "Guys, Kong is king." Anyway. Uh, I don't know, but that's just, that was my, those are my five takeaways from this movie. That would, that would be the second largest penis in a John C. Riley movie. <laughs> it's a Boogie Nights reference. Okay. <sighs> Good one. Thank you. Save. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Did the lack of King Kong genitalia ruin the movie for you or only like partially hurt the movie? Uh, no, I'm assuming that that's what uh, whatever the organization was called. They're going to go in search of Kong's dick in, in the next film. Oh, yeah, that's right? what Monarch's going to do in the yeah, sequel. Yeah, Monarch, that's the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, um, yeah, so I... You know, you know, Carson was was ribbing us earlier about having his, gone, gone to see this in IMAX 3D. And, you know, like, I was kind of like, oh, man, why did we see this here? And, like, as I was waiting for it to start, I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe it was good that we saw it in this because this is going to be kind of rad. Um, yeah, so while the script is atrocious, <laughs> like, 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 you know, Carson says that this film is indefensible. And if... All this film was was a piece of paper with the film on it. Yes, it would be indefensible. This film on paper and on dialogue and on all that kind of stuff is absolutely terrible. But this film is incredibly fun and ridiculous and silly. And it's just uh, it's an exciting, fun to watch monster film. And there are moments in this in like individual shots in this film, which maybe aren't composed perfectly filmically are like these hero shots, these moments, these freeze frames, these like these these awesome badass like computer wallpapers of like moments that just communicate exactly what this film wants to do. Like the shot of the helicopter like the the reveal after, you know, in in the trailer when the palm tree goes flying through the helicopters and everybody's like, "Oh shit, there's a giant gorilla thing." And they just look up and Is he's just Is that a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> yes, poor, that, that moment. Poor, yeah, poor like, Toby like, Kebbell is always like guy number six in these blockbusters, <laughs> going all the way back to our favorite Prince of Persia. <laughs> but like, uh, but but just that shot of Kong standing there, like I'm about to fuck some shit up, silhouetted by like the setting. It's like it's like a setting sun, right? I think um, so. It's like the, yeah. It's it is like the most epic thing. Like everybody in the helicopter, just like. Oh, uh, fuck me. And then, like, all hell breaks loose. And there are so many moments in this film. I mean, Carson's joking about, uh, you know, Tom Hiddleston, like, running around, like, samurai chopping these creatures out of the sky, wearing a gas mask. Like, that seems friggin' badass. <laughs> like, well, you see, I, wa- I, I agree with you. Like, I like that that moment, that, that very brief 
it was a very fleeting moment. Like you gotta admit, like it was oh, yeah, over yeah, in like two yeah, seconds. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's way too short. Um, but it's like, still awesome. Like he just runs up and just yells sword. John C. Riley <laughs> throws him a sword, and he just goes to town. And, it's and like, he grabs a gas mask randomly for no reason. In, in context, there's like no right reason after. for that scene, but it's great anyway. No, no, there is no reason. But it was like, yeah, I, I imagine like they were done. It's it's like the version of like a Judd Apatow film where like they're done recording all the jokes. So like now let's just do it like twenty more times and just make shit up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is them. They're like, okay, we shot all the things. We still got, like, an hour left of daylight. What do you want to do? And, like, I just imagine Tommy Wilson being like, what if I got the samurai sword? Oh, was that your Hiddles impression? Jing is out her one moment in the movie. <laughs> that would be sad if it was. Wait, what? Um, okay, we all just talked over each other, and I don't know what was just said. You can listen to the recap. Okay, all right. I'm sure no one heard me ask if that was... Chris's Tom Hiddleston impression. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I wasn't doing a voice. That was okay, I thought you were trying exci- to go for a Hiddles there. No, no, no. I could never okay. do Hiddles voice. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, like there, there are just moments in this that are just they're they're ridiculous and it's fun and it's it knows that it's dumb as hell. I feel like like no one in this movie I think thinks they're in this really serious epic film. Like they're just in this. It's this crazy moments of these giant monsters fighting each other and it is exactly what it needs to be like i was excited for the ridiculousness of kong and i remember when the first trailer for godzilla came out i was like okay this actually looks badass you know like i was comparing comparing it to to the uh the the you know the oh, just a while back uh godzilla the ridiculous film and like i was like this looks like it's taking it seriously and this is going to be super rad. And the film ended up being terrible because the script was dumb and, like, the ideas of the film were dumb and it just wasn't that impressive. And this film was like, what if we just threw out all the stuff that people are going to think is really dumb and just make this, like, the, the Fast and the Furious of King Kong movies? And that's, I think, for the most part, <laughs> what it is. <laughs> like, like, it doesn't try to be more than that. Um it, it it like barely even tries to have a script. <laughs> like everybody everybody says like one line of dialogue and that's it. Like nobody spends more than four sentences in any given scene, right? It's just except for maybe Sam Jackson who's like saying stupid ass shit all the time. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to the helicopter. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> Keep you know, digging, you know Chris. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I just I'm gonna got reminded of I don't got fleas. I got family. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I, I, sorry, that was for, that was just for me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but, but, but like in serious, all seriousness though, like I had an amazing time with, with (laughs) with this film. Like a bunch of people have asked me what I thought of it and I was like, script is atrocious, but the movie's awesome. (laughs) And that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I, like I said, I agree. Like I wanted more samurai chopping. Like I thought that was like the kind of bonkers shit that it needed more of like i because to to me i feel like this movie is just like deathly serious like they really they think that it's like super badass but it's not like i don't know like i never got like a like a fun sense and that's also like i think that also comes down to like a weird i don't know like it's a weird thing because like uh i mean this movie is very clearly like a blockbuster of today and like that's just not what i like vibe towards and like i know that most people do but then like most people don't really go for like the the really silly shit like when it's really tapping into like that that like old like 90s shit like like i thought of like i feel like this this movie and the great wall that just came out are very similar not in not in just it's just because they both have the weird skull crawlers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, the more I think about it, the more connections there is. More so than just the fact that the the girl Jin Tiang is in both movies, and it was rewritten by Gilroy, uh, Dan's brother Tony rewrote that one. Which is there's all these layers now. And um, both groups of of humans yeah, uh, had built a big <laughs> wall to keep out the the bad creatures, mm-hmm. and it was a period piece. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like to me, everyone, everyone like just eviscerated the Great Wall. But like, I thought that movie was like hilarious and like the dumb fun that that like you guys are saying this movie is like I 
like to me the great wall had that like really just dumb like steven summers the mummy type feel and like matt damon's got this like really weird irish accent for no reason and uh you know it's just a lot of slow-mo killing like like the and the the you know the that also had like a very colorful look and stuff and um i don't know but like that's just it's just weird, like, to, I don't know, I guess it's kind of just, like, a personal thing, like, you can't really describe it, but, like, that, to me, The Great Wall hit all those notes, and, like, this movie didn't, like, and, and it's, and it's interesting, because, like, I, I wasn't sure, like, if, if you guys would be on board, like, like, especially Chris, because, like, I remember that we all hated Godzilla, the new one, like, for just being, like, kind of the same reasons that I'm saying about this movie, like, I feel like this and Godzilla... And, like, Jurassic World and, like, the BFG. Like, all these, like, recent, like, giant monster <laughs> movies. I'm serious. Like, they're all interchangeable. Like, they all just are, like, like I so like much CGI. I like how you CGI. love the BFG and with those other films. <laughs> well, I feel like the BFG is, like, kind of the in the same boat because they, they have, like, the ratio of, like, CGI to, to practical things, you know, and actors is, like, so skewed. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel, like... And it's the same way in this movie where, like, there's just, it's like Sam Jackson and then everything else in the frame is fake. Like, and I feel like your eyes, you know, you want to see real things. Like, you don't want it to have it all be fake because then I feel like the the magic goes away and you're not really as invested into it. I mean, it's kind of like, and, and that's why, like, you know, the BFG to me was really disappointing because it's like, it's from the guy who created all of these movies that that you know we really you know grew up with and and love and you know the scene in Jurassic you know the scenes in Jurassic Park work because that ratio is back the other way you know I'm not I'm not too good with math guys but like the you know what I mean <laughs> so like the, this is why this is why I don't work at Fuse um so like the <laughs> The <laughs> although people think I do <laughs> apparently on the app I'm rambling um but so like you know like when the like when the the brontosaurus comes out and that's the only thing that's CG and everything else around it is real like you're you buy into it more because there's more real stuff inside the frame and then like in BFG it's just all fake except for the little girl and then like you're it's harder to buy into that and I feel like that Kong really is an example of that and then just also like you know like i said with all the with all the i mean the, the story stuff which is probably the you know the least of its problems but i was starting to get you know i was starting to schnaze you know like i was getting into that mindset <laughs> like that's how boring i was i was you know and i felt like if i'm getting there i feel like that that Chris has got to be there too, or at least acknowledge it, you know, which you, uh, you did. You yeah. Know, you I mean, I think did. we, we all acknowledge that it's a yeah. really dumb movie yeah. and yeah. a really bad script. I think for me, the difference between this and, uh, like I strongly, I disliked the BFG. I was not on board for Jurassic park. I didn't like Godzilla. <laughs> um, to me, this just hit a sort of balance that those didn't like Godzilla. What I didn't like was the combination of the, the, the cheesy script with the dourness of it. Like it was like yeah. kind of a dark, big monster movie. And the, this movie in my mind, I, I, I understand if, if you don't vibe with the variety of fun that this kind of movie is having, but I felt like it was very tongue in cheek and very clearly trying to laugh at everything. Like I didn't feel like this film had a serious bone in its body. Like every time you thought You're it was remotely, yeah, every time you thought it was remotely serious, a guy would get ripped apart by pterodactyls, right? Like, you would just remember. And I think one hint of this movie not being serious is like tons of the secondary characters are comedians. Like it's all just funny people playing these roles. Um, True. So for me, that brought it into a mindset of this is a movie that is just riffing on the silly blockbuster tropes and is going to have fun. And it's going to stack the body count high and it's going to have weird atonal moments of, quote, coolness. But the coolness will be in the context of a movie that doesn't matter. And that, for me, that was fun in a way that these films that take themselves more seriously, like the BFG or the Godfather, or not Godfather. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I don't like the Godfather. (laughs) I'm just kidding. 
And Take the movie that takes God- itself way too seriously. Brando was the perfect Godzilla. <laughs> Take that reviewer who said, I've never seen anything before 2000. <laughs> uh, no, Wait, no, but- when did, who said that? Oh, some some reviewer, uh, someone who reviewed our podcast. But but anyway, <laughs> what you can do by going ch- to iTunes, I've like a- movie movies, like the BFG seemed like it tried to be genuinely heartfelt, even though it was just completely inconsistent and atonal for me. Godzilla tried to be dour. Jurassic Park tried to be fun, but the fun just didn't latch on for me. This. Yeah, this couldn't be atonal because uh, Kong didn't have any genitalia. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> this was this was just the asexual version. Yeah. Yeah. This was just pure dumb fun, and I, I I don't know when the alchemy works and when it doesn't. But here, with the big screen, with the audience all enjoying it, it was a uh, it was big dumb fun. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree that this is better than Godzilla. Like it has a better tone, but I still feel like that some of it was just like way too. I don't know. Like it's hard to describe. But I mean, it's kind of the same thing where it's like how we really liked Lucy and Steven was just like, this is a piece of shit. Like yeah. I can't get on board with this. Well, I, I mean, I honestly, I, I think the real problem is that CG apes for Carson are, are my Casey Affleck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Carson will not like a single fucking movie that has CG apes in it. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> well, that's not exactly true. I know he's giving me a hard time, but I mean, that's not, Yes, I mean, let's face it, it's true, yes. Uh, fuck these apes. By the way... Fuck them, fuck them right up their ones and zero butts. They, they I did, hate them. They did play the trailer for War for the Planet of the Apes before the movie. Oh, gosh. Um, oh, by the way, Carson, those apes done rised already. <laughs> I was trying to think of... Uh, I mean, look... Well, okay, here's the other thing. Like, uh, yes, but th- that's the thing is that, like, all of these these recent Apes movies, the Planet of the Apes movies, and, like, Kong, and even all these monsters, like, that we get in, in Kong and some of these other big CG movies, like, uh, to me, they're all interchangeable. Like, like the, the Kong, like, Kong and the Apes, like, there's nothing, they look the same to me, and they just look so not real, and, and I don't know, that just um, bothers me. Um. Just want to point out size. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, but they have like the same design and everything. Like the like the monsters in this movie, the other monsters besides Kong, like they all just look like they came from like a pre-programmed monster thing, like in the computer. Don't talk about John C. Riley. <laughs> they came from the inside of the computer, like uh, I don't know. Um, but they just, they all have this, there's, like, no, like, distinct look that, like, separates them, you know? Like, they just all have the same feeling and everything, and that, I don't know, it just becomes monotonous, and then, uh, I don't know. But I, I did, uh, I did write down that, um, uh, I thought that the, that, like, I don't, I don't exactly understand why... Like to me, like the the whole seventies aesthetic was like was unnecessary. Like I know that I guess the pitch was like it's apocalypse now imagery, but with Kong, mm-hmm. which is I guess cool. But like I feel like I feel like he could they could have still done it that same imagery and everything. Which I mean, in my opinion, is played out because it's just like the whole Vietnam aesthetic or whatever. But regardless like they still could have done that imagery but like not have it set in the 70s like they could have well, done let, like let a... me let me go full shnazy on you for a second okay like, all right lay oh, it on the, me the whole Lay-in point the whole point of this is that it, it's an unexplored island and we have we barely have satellite technology now which is good enough to actually photograph and find these islands that are possibly unexplored and it has to be set in a time where the entire surface of the planet has like you know uh, James Cameron isn't going to the bottom of the ocean because it's the last spot to be to be <laughs> explored yet, the bar. right? Yeah, huh? he's not he, raising the bar. Yeah, he's not raising the bar. Well, yeah, that yeah. came close to a Casey Affleck reference. <laughs> <laughs> be careful. Um, but yeah, Uh-oh, so the, the whole point is you have to set it far enough back that it is relevant to the fact that like we need to explore this now before the Russians get it because their satellite's going to cross over the same island within you know three weeks or whatever the timeline in, in the movie is, and if you set it today. Like uh, like uh, Godzilla was, you run into the problem yeah. of like, well, why would have nobody seen this island before? Like, 
we yeah. basically explored every single nook and cranny on the planet, and it wouldn't make sense that there'd be a whole region of 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 area where no one has actually ever set foot before. So, plus, but, I mean, yeah, it, like wh- when would John C. Riley have crashed there if <laughs> if it was set in modern day? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I f- I feel you, but like my my point was that they could have done like a John Wick thing where they had like, they, they don't really pin it down to a specific time period. Like you could have like the 70s style and look, but then there's also like a little bit of modern stuff thrown in. So you're not quite sure where it's at, you know, like with the John Wick thing, like with the, you know what I mean? You know, like with the, like with the whole, the whole, uh, the, accounting thing versus and then you know people got their cell phones and their smartphones still like i feel like that kind of combination combination no um i feel like maybe that (laughs) i feel like yeah i mean i don't know like to me that might have been a little more interesting than just completely pinning it in the 70s because then you get into the whole thing where it's like this doesn't look like the 70s at all um (laughs) It looks like they, yeah, maybe they shot it, you know, 70 minutes ago, but not in 1970. <laughs> there there um, may be a giant monkey there, but that monkey is not in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. If, if you don't believe the monkey, if they made a believable 70s, then it would look like a disconnect. Yeah. So they got to make it so it looks just as much not real 70s as it looks just as much not real monkey. Mm-hmm. But they could have at least filmed it like they did Jackie to have it at least look a little more, you know, grainy and super 70s than just, like, essentially what they did with any period piece, which doesn't look... You know, I don't know. Like, that's a big thing with me that takes me out because you're just like, this doesn't... At least throw it on there. At least try and, like, Argo Carson it. remembers yeah. the 70s, goddammit. Yeah, it. so one, one thing I want to know, and I think we, <laughs> we sound, talked about... Chris sounds like my dad. It's like, I, I think Chris and I talked about this during our you review of Christine. You were alive in the 80s. How can you say that Halton Catch Fire has terrible 80s? <laughs> Dur- during our review of Christine, uh, Chris and I were talking about how I don't fully understand why... For almost any other time period, it's enough to just make it look like the period. But for the 70s, you have to make it look like it was filmed in that period. Like, why is that the case with movies? Where in the 70s, it has to look like the camera was in the 70s. But if it's set in the, like, 1700s, they don't make it look like... Yeah. Let me, well, I, I mean, let me ask you this, Carson. <laughs> Do you wish the whole movie looked like that scene at the beginning of the credits? <laughs> the fucking... Yes! Yes! I hate when they fucking no, do that in Why would you no, want that? No, fuck you. I hate when they do that. When they show, like, the real footage, and then it cuts to the, the movie footage. You're like, that didn't look anything like what you just showed me. They do that all the time in, like, in... in biopics and stuff you're like no stop um but to what steven said select all apply filter carson loves the movie (laughs) but but to what steven said though it's like it's not just a set i mean i feel like the 70s thing is it just has become recently a 70s thing because those have just been the movies that that have that but i mean it's like every movie used to have that like every single movie used to have that, the but world now used like to have we've that. gone away from that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like now it's like, yeah, I would love for every movie to look like uh, to look like Jackie, but it just that's not how it is now. Yeah. Funny so, fact you know. though, Natalie Portman did do the motion capture for the girl. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> she was great. Uh, she killed she, it. She man. was really good. Yeah. Um, so in in general, I'm fine with it being in the 70s. Like I, I don't care either way. I think from a world-building perspective, like from the Shinezi perspective, it had to be because they want to tie it in with other movies, so they have to ground it somewhere, right? Um, right. Like the ground one, it in the hole in the earth. The, <laughs> where all the okay, beasts but, come from. Yeah. But right, the one, but, the oh, one no, element of that away. that I didn't uh, enjoy, which is a shame because I like... Like you, you mentioned the soundtracks and the intro where it kind of introduces all the characters. And yeah. as much as I liked that, I did get tired of the kind of classic rock yeah, moments I mean, all throughout yeah. the movie. It felt like ever since Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone wants to do that, and it started to feel a little tired to me. Well, it, I mean, it was still yeah, fun, that's been but... that's been played out too ever since Apocalypse Now. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. to to put all the the classic '70s songs in like war movies and shit, Vietnam movies. Yeah, but yeah, especially now with with Guardians, like really brought that back in a big way. I, I'm just saying, like the the music choices there were like pretty on the nose and stuff, like for the movie's sake, but, like, I mean, at least there was, 
at least it felt like there was forward, forward momentum. Like there was, okay, it's moving, it's moving. And then when they, once they got on the island, I feel like everything just came to a, a screeching halt. It just became... Yeah, when Kong beat the shit out of a bunch of helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> like it literally came to a screeching halt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. Everybody was flying on helicopters, blasting rock music, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> everybody's walking through an island that is literally trying to kill them. I did, I... Actually, I'll come back to that because I I was gonna mention something else, which was the which was John C. Riley, which I thought I mentioned that he's like the smartest character in this movie. I liked him in the movie, like I liked that he was like a comic presence, but like I didn't think any of the stuff he said like was necessarily landing, like comedy wise. Like to me, the the funniest bits in the movie were the stuff that wasn't supposed to be funny, like Brie, Brie Larson. Talking about photographing the mass graves, because um, that was just like the gravest of sincerity, you know. Pun intended. Pun intended for sure. Yeah, um, but yeah, like, but the John C. Riley stuff, like, like he would say things, and you're just like, all right, whatever. But I mean, at least he was like trying to infuse some energy into it. Um, also, what, I want I want I want to point out though, like in the beginning, you know, when he's young. And crash lands, um, like so. Compare that fighter footage to the Dunkirk footage, and it's like night and day. You're just like, mm-hmm. hmm, which one looks better? Um, Honestly, I was comparing both to Unbroken. <laughs> King <laughs> dude, Kong one. Is it the same you, actor? Did you know? Yeah, the same know. actor. It was, oh, yeah. really? The Asian guy's the same. The same dude from that. Yeah, is the, he the bird? In if that he movie? drops it, yeah, kill him. Bird. Yeah, I, I thought he might have been the bird, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was uh, it was the same actor. <laughs> I couldn't glad. even find a Vietnamese person. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be Japan. Yeah, yeah, that was World War. Oh, World War Two. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it was World War Two, bro. Come on. Forgot forgot what war we were in. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, I just wanted to. I, it also didn't help that like it's it it never helps if like the last trailer you show in front of your dumb kong movie is the blade runner 2049 teaser like that's never a good sign yeah we didn't that, have like, that before ours yeah no th- we didn't that's get that. like the last it was like dunkirk and then that and it was like oh boy now we're going really downhill but anyway um so so did you see just the regular dunkirk trailer or did you watch the like this like the short scene from it oh i yeah i haven't seen the 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 prologue footage or whatever that they were okay. showing in imax no, I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's cool though. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> Is it not? <laughs> no, it was, it was rad. cool. It yeah, was rad. Cool. I, I, oh, okay. I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, it looks it looks great. Like it looks like a real movie. Uh, <laughs> That's because it is a real movie. <laughs> there's real things in it, guys. Real actors like Harry Styles. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I am interested to see what he's gonna do in this movie though, because apparently Christopher Nolan was super impressed. He was like, give me more styles in this movie. Um, but no, I was gonna, I was gonna try and, I was just gonna try and upstage, I was gonna, I was gonna indulge in some schnaziness myself when I said, uh, now I don't even, now I don't even remember. I don't sound like that. (laughs) I don't even remember what I was gonna, oh, 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 um, uh, yeah, because you were saying how like they had to set it in this time period to like ground it in reality, or whatever. Like, but like when I'm, what I'm <laughs> like you were saying, like blah blah, womp, 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 womp. <laughs> you know, yada yada. Well, yes, Ms. Offmore. <laughs> but like, what I'm, I'm actually slightly curious to see how they tie this in to the next Godzilla because, like, the first one was present day. So, like, what is Tom Hiddleston going to be in like a wheelchair or something? Like, I mean. I know. Who, I say said, that. who says they have to flash forward to uh, to the current thing? Yeah, I know, but like that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if Godzilla two is since they're they haven't announced anybody from the first one coming back. Like, I feel like if maybe that's going to take place in the 80s or something. Mm-hmm. What What is interesting is they can't really go to any metropolis unless they want to rewrite the history and make it so like there was a massive cover up on a very very global scale. Yeah. So they're either stuck in this kind of island mode 
or yeah. they have to flash forward into present day. They time travel and they they reverse the history and shit. I don't know, but uh, you know, like I'm I'm like slightly curious to see how they they tie up this stuff because it's like, well, I, I'm just assuming that yeah, like there would be all this stuff where it's like, is Ken Watanabe gonna come out and be like, yeah, we we covered up all this shit, man, crazy. <laughs> like I don't know, like well, I mean. This is definitely... I feel like they almost got themselves in a little bit of a pickle, but I don't know. Probably not. It's probably a lot easier than, than we're thinking, or that I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Are they not but, just, like, rebooting it again? <laughs> well, like, no, I'm, I'm like... I mean, it's very possible that the second Godzilla will just be, like, a soft reboot, because no one seemed to really like the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean that. I guess that is a, a plus about Kong is that they show you the monster right away. Like there's no like dumb like oh we cut away and you saw like a little bit of him on a on a news uh, coverage or whatever. Which is good because when they were landing on the island, I was dreading the long exposition where they slowly learn what we already know from the trailer. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. that that's always painful in these movies. Like guys, does this look like footprints? <laughs> I don't know why Kermit <laughs> is on the island. <laughs> Kermit. Hey guys. Well, he could he, he could have been. <laughs> there were about there were about ninety characters in it. He could have been one that we missed. He's already used to monster anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. So did we about Kong this up? Let me look at my bullet points. I think so. <laughs> Mark C. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I got I got them all. Uh, I don't. I it might be a spoiler, but like, you, so you can cut this out if you think if you deem it to be. But like, probably when, when this movie ended, like, wasn't it really just kind of weird and awkward that they just had that like random John C. Riley footage at the end? It was kind of weird. Yeah, and then like, it was even, a heartfelt moment out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, like I, but, I think but, it was just to, to, to counterbalance the uh, <laughs> that mostly everybody dies, mm-hmm. but at least he got to see his son again. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like it, it just felt like a it felt like it was there because someone on a comment card said, "What happened? Did he make it back to his family?" <laughs> just, just be happy that Tom Hiddleston didn't turn out to be his son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know. Oh, but you know what's funny though is that the 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 actor who played young John C. Riley in the beginning played his son at the end. Really? According nice. to IMDb. I, I want to know, like, what agent Tom Hiddleston got so he could be first billed in this movie. Because yeah. I, I feel like if I were to list people who had big roles in this movie, I guess nobody really had a big role, but he would be kind of far down on the list. Yeah, no one was the lead in this. Like, it was weird. I, I guess he's one of the T- few... Tom Hiddleston was literally hired in the context of the story as the lead. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I guess maybe maybe if I think about it too much, maybe he is the lead just in terms of having a through line throughout the film. But it certainly in the beginning, he is not presented that way at all. No. Like, I feel like... Uh, I mean, yes, he is, like Chris said, like, he's hired as the, like, leader. But he... I feel like he just becomes part of, like, the ensemble. Like, there's no, like actual lead character in the movie it's weird because like i feel like sam jackson gets i probably the most screen time or the most lines but he's not even he's like not really the main guy like it's weird it's just it's weird how they like divvied it up like i feel like if they had cut the cast in half and just like didn't have all these like the pterodactyls did (laughs) yeah they just had some pterodactyls come in pick i mean because like a lot of those characters were just like, did they need, like, three soul? Did they need the guy from... Did they need Easy e and the guy from Me and Earl and the Dying Girl? Like They sure did. Did they, did they, <laughs> they really? That was when I whispered to Chris and said titties. When he came <laughs> did they... I mean, they could have combined those characters, you know? Like, did they really need, like, three, you know? They, and there was the other guy, too, who I don't even know what he did. I don't know. It's just there was way too many characters, man. Mm. All right, well, I think that this movie had almost as many characters as this episode has minutes in its duration. Oh, snap. So maybe we should get to our verdicts. (laughs) Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? 
the more I talk about it, the more down my rating goes. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, I'm, I'm, I'm just so going to stick with. I'm going to stick with where I was at the beginning of the review, which is like a soft recommend with a caveat. Like, this is a dumb movie. It's dumb fun. I kind of can't imagine it having that much rental potential. I feel like if you see it, you should see it in a theater with other people who are laughing and having fun. And if you expect just a spectacle and you don't have a discriminatory bias against CG apes like Carson does, then I think you're, <laughs> I think you're going to enjoy yourself and... Really, in March, what more could we ask for? Yeah. What would you well, give it, Carson? Well, Logan was better. I mean, we did at, <laughs> we did get better in March. Carson anyway. can only like one movie with something with claws. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, I mean, I this is a must avoid. Like, I, I don't. I can't. There's, like I said, there's a couple things where I was like, ah, that was a little fun. I did, I did think of the other thing that I thought was kind of funny was the or that I liked was when the guy, when he was, he was swiping the helicopters out and the one guy fell out in slow motion into his mouth. And then it, it cut to a guy taking a bite of a sandwich. That was great. That, <laughs> that was, was funny. Like that was yeah, up there. That, with, that's all the proof you need to know that this movie is not serious at all. But I feel like there was that, but then there was all this other like, and then they got to give you this like gritty, like apocalypse now. Like that wasn't shot, you know, like that stuff was like way too serious. Which I think is weird because the the director uh, Jordan Voke Roberts like he did Kings of Summer which I thought was really funny like I thought that was a really great coming of age comedy mm-hmm. um, and I feel like there were bits of that like with the guy you know getting eaten and cut into the sandwich which was like which was up there with like in me myself and Irene when Jim Carrey goes to take a shit and it's like <laughs> on his ass and then it cuts to a guy like. Uh, getting like an ice cream swirl, like the swirler <laughs> comes out. Like, remember that? Was, I always remember that as the funniest shit. Uh, literally, literally, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like so, like because like this to me, like that. I don't know. Like this felt more like a, like this felt more like just like a one for you. You know, like it didn't feel personal. Like it, it felt. Yeah, like I don't know, like because he even had an interview, like I just read today, where he said like he wanted he wants to do a spinoff with just John C. Riley's character, like bef- like before like they all came to the island and discovered him, like he's just hanging out there, and it's like some like low budget Kongs of Summer. Yeah, like like to me, like okay, that's an angle like I can get on, like that's that's yeah, but I I, I doubt that is a commentary on the film as a whole, more a commentary on his love of the character that John C. Riley. No, played. no, like, it. it no, it is, but I'm just saying, like, that that idea feels a lot more personal than making this this new iteration of Kong, which, like, to me doesn't bring a whole lot new to the table, like, in it terms of... It also feels con- a lot more like a joke than a thing that he actually wants to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it was a little jokey, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, that idea is, it, to me, is, like, is more of an interesting idea than, than to just remake... King Kong again. Anyway. Tell that to the studio who would lose the rights if they didn't make another Kong movie. Anyways, so. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> uh, but yes. It's so. not with Universal anymore, dude. Like. <laughs> Anyways, I I would give this a recommend. Um, I thought it was extremely fun. And I think that if you were remotely interested in seeing it, it's going to deliver on the things that made you remotely interested in seeing it. Um, and I think if you were disappointed uh, with Godzilla the way that I was, uh, that this is a step in the right direction for where this franchise needs to go if it's going to continue. If it can hit this tone or better for the future films, like I the the little uh, you know the little stinger, the post credits sequence. Um, I was I was all in on it. Like I was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> like I was I joked with Steven that at the end of the post credit sequence, it should have ended with the Wonder Woman like guitar riff coming in, <laughs> um, because like that was that was the feeling of that moment, right? Like I I just I'm, ex- I, I'm, I'm excited for where this is gonna go. Chris is so easy, man. Like they put that <laughs> shit in the end of these movies, like yeah, You're jerking off right in the theater. You playing right into their hands, bro. <laughs> which i guess is good i mean jerking I like, right into their hands <laughs> i mean like i don't know that like just felt so like half-assed to me like they just they were just like oh we got it it's part of the monsterverse guys like this is all 
new new territory. It was, I don't know. It didn't feel it didn't feel very. Uh, it just felt like whatever. Like I don't know. See, I'm I'm cool with it, but I feel like they're trying to make it seem like there are more than two big monsters they can work with, and I'm curious what the third is going to be if they actually. Uh, they like, have, like four on the like wall. They, they showed a yeah, kind of like squid thing, but are they really going to do that? Well, there's like, like Mothra and all the like Godzilla monsters that he fights. Yeah, well, sure, all the bad monsters. Yeah, but, I want... but that's all they got. <laughs> I want it's... more like like good also, monsters. And then in the end, once they realize that they can't do anything about it, then they're going to build giant robots to fight the monsters. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true because Pacific Rim is with legendaries. So I feel like they'll they might eventually. That might be a thing, dude. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I'd... Well, because like, well, it's like Stephen said, like how how deep in the well can they go? I mean, it's not like the it's not like the Universal monster movies that we're gonna get with like the new Mummy, and then you know you got like Frankenstein, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Bride of Frankenstein, you know, et cetera, et cetera Invisible Man, et cetera, et cetera. Like, like I feel like there's a there's a there's a lot to work with there than just like, well, we got Godzilla and Kong. And some <laughs> other monsters that people aren't as familiar with. Like, I don't know. Like, that's not as... I feel like that's like, we're really stretching here. Yes. I agree. But yeah, so I think uh, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of the podcast. Stephen, if people want to find you throughout the week, we're going to do that. Uh, if people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Carson Patrick... Are you hiding out uh, with your military escort? Yeah, you can find. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna covertly get on Twitter and start the uh, hashtag. Where's Kong's dick? You, you, you can. You can find Carson in Vietnamese restaurants yelling. This doesn't look like the '70s. <laughs> it did it, man. You know, it did look like the 70s, though. The 70s King Kong with Jeff Bridges. That looked like the 70s. <laughs> yeah, that but, is true. But then he got lost in the computer, and that's where we got the digital Kong from. <laughs> See what I did there? I, I, I got I, you. Yeah. I followed, yes. Anyway, so people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Kong colon Skull Island. So hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, if you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> Why not? Um, but, uh, yeah, that is the episode we're going to take off. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back later. Bye. <laughs>